Mr. Spock, have you ever seen such fascinating creatures like these? Captain, might I remind you that in a first contact situation with new life forms, one must show less emotional response and a bit more logic? And might I add in your case, a pinch more self-control? But these neeks appear harmless, friendly, and perfectly... Captain, might I assume you're ready for a new shirt? Again? And a pair of pants, please. Good morning, students. Welcome to school. Remember, the thought of the day is... I have never spent this much time on any of my inventions. Welcome to Ecology 101, the site of Nerd and Geek in their Natch Habitat. I'm Gary. And we're the nice to say, Neek. So we made it. Episode 100, season five. Wow. If you've been with us the whole time, good job. You're very patient. <laughs> and you're probably used to us doing kind of wild and crazy things. But uh, guess what? That's what edutainment does, right? So uh, as you know, every 10th episode, if you've been with us, we have done a, uh, an original fan fiction. And so we are, we've got something for you special for episode 100. Uh, this is an audiobook, and we are going to give you a selection, a sample of it. It is in process. Uh, we are producing this. This is a um, kind of fun project. You know, we've been doing podcasting. We're kind of branching off a little bit into audiobooks because we know some of you folks are really busy and you don't sit and read books or you don't like to read books because I get that with my high schoolers all the time. I don't want to read books. They made me read books. Um, so this is a... Uh, First novel that I'm working with, everything's kind of, it's all learning for us here too. Chronolocity uh, is a series I'm working on. This is the first book. I will tell you some interesting things about this too. It is a fun sci-fi book with, with just characters who are thrown into a change in history and being able to know what side is doing the right thing for history. And um, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun book. Even though there's a character who's kind of young, uh, hopefully we'll learn a lot through his experience with finding your place in history. So it's kind of fun um, and been interesting to to work with. So uh, along the way, putting together this pod, uh, this, sorry, audio book, um, I realized something too, that uh, my my writing, when you read something out loud, you really catch a lot of your mistakes. So um, this has been a good learning curve. <laughs> so my writer's group is right. There's things that you pick up when you read something out loud. So uh, with that, we're going to give you a taste a demo of this audiobook. Um, I realize also too, I listen to audiobooks and if you've done one before, I see why it's a very involved process. There's a lot of factors that go behind it. So I first want to thank um, Jared Moore who produces the, who is doing the voice of our uh, characters and our narrator for the book. He's done a great job. Uh, if you listen to, I think one of our first or second fan fictions, I think it's the second one, uh, the Justice League, he played Superman in it. Um, Jared's got a great voice, does all kinds of character voices. So we want to, you know, wrangle him and pull him into this project. So we are actually working on this together, uh, along with Ron, to try to get this uh, into a really cool project. It's going to take us a little while to do because, you know, people got busy lives. But it's been a lot of fun to put together so far. And, uh, you know, with COVID, this has been a good experience to try to get some things. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, 
jumped. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. Supercharge, right? And get it ready for for you to listen to. So what you're gonna see today is you're gonna do a demo. And I will tell you, I call it a demo because um, a lot of little cool things we wanna add to it. I'm toying with the idea of doing a, what we call immersive storytelling, sort of, where you had sound effects and different things like that. So we will see how uh, adventurous we get with this, but just to get it recorded, big step. So we're gonna listen to a sample. I don't know, probably maybe, oh, 10, 15 minutes of it. So you kind of get a little taste of the story, kind of see where it's going. So. Uh, check it out, see what you think. Let us know uh, if it does interest you. We will be, uh, like I said, working on that in the next, uh, well, 2021. So we'll try to get that together for you and uh, put together. So anyways, um, thank you so much for taking time to listen to our fan fiction. Please, please, please tell us what you think. Uh, if you are interested in the book, of course, you can find on Amazon, Chronolosity, a fistful of Crontons. It, we also have a site for that, uh, chronolosityhq.com. You can check out all the little things that go with it. And there's some also fun activities and other things about the characters. So you can kind of get involved in the series. It's going to be a six book series. Currently just starting book three. So uh, book two is in the editing phase right now. So, of course, please listen to our end of our um, end of our uh, program today. You get to hear some of the commercials and our editing folks that we work with uh, by the hand editing. Uh, and, and, oh, real quick too, since we are starting every, a new, um, every time we start a new, um, there's a lot of ums there, a, a new season, we have a new intro or kind of silly intro. So I want to say thank you for Eli and Gabe Jimenez for, uh, supplying the voice of Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, uh, by uh, giving our intro. So hopefully, uh, you'll enjoy that. So, um, thanks so much for being with us today. Hope you'll enjoy it. Please again, let us know that you're out there and give us uh, what you think about the book. Um, hopefully we will uh, talk to you soon. And well, class isn't dismissed because I don't want you to leave yet. So uh, engage in class is started. Thank you. Much. Chapter one. Rip! Levy's knee catches on the underside of his lab station. What? He looks down at the two inch tear in his jeans. Gah, this was my nice pair too. He pokes his bare skin with one finger. I used to love jeans days at school before we went broke. The gates issued khakis got a little itchy from time to time. Mom told me I had to make these last until Christmas. He gingerly reaches under the lab station and finds an exacto knife that had lodged in between his station and the wall. Yep, that's safe all right. He tosses the blade into a nearby wastebasket. Someone from an earlier period had probably dropped it and never bothered to pick it up. Levy loves everything about his science courses at Bill Gates' charter, but having to share a school science lab with other sloppy people isn't one of them. Levy holds his curly head. I am so close, but now I'm losing focus. He closes his eyes and breathes in deeply through his nose, allowing his mental regiment to kick in. Inhale for five seconds. Exhale for eight seconds. Levy tries to do that somewhat successfully five times like Dad once taught him. Relax, you've got this. Massaging his temples in slow circles helps him focus. He then turns his attention back to his work. There before him is a prototype engine that Levy designed for the contest. It is a wild idea for an energy-efficient motor that he created from salvaged, borrowed, and cannibalized parts. It took most of the summer and the first half of his sixth grade year attempting to perfect his invention. 
I hope the NIA flip when they see this. I have never spent this much time on any of my inventions. He rubs his hands briskly together. This has to be the one. The oak tree outside tap taps taps on Science Lab's fours floor to ceiling glass window. The wind is changing again. Just another distraction that breaks Levy from his intense focus. Outside across the middle school's yard, a small whirlwind of orange, brown, and purple leaves stirs something inside him. For a brief moment, Levy catches his reflection in the window. He smirks at his wild mass of dark brown curls and impish olive-skinned face staring back at him. His eyes wince at the glaring changes since the accident. I really look exhausted. The dark circles under Levy's eyes are less noticeable, but the wrinkles on his forehead are harder to hide. Smiles and happy faces are hard to muster when the pressure of depression hides deep down. He bites his lip with his obvious crooked teeth. Smiling is overrated anyway. Levy grabs two handfuls of belly fat and shakes his head. I used to be thinner and somewhat active. He slips his t-shirt over his exposed belly. Between shaving over this invention, hiding out in my room, and puberty, I got some extra pounds of pudge. He leans over and picks up his worn backpack from which he reverently sets out various assortments of screwdrivers sorted by size and color. His fingers pluck up the smallest flathead. The wheels of opportunity are lining up. I, I can't screw this up. He taps his temple. Think clear. Use smart words. Try to smile. There's a pretty big scholarship on the line. He holds the circular frame of his prototype engine in order to calibrate a set of dime-sized gears. After so many failed attempts with most of his harebrained ideas, seeing a functional machine in his hands truly warms Levy's heart. He nudges a gear and watches the belt's progress. Maybe my luck is about to change. He glances down again at the flyer at his elbow. Tomorrow at noon, the National Inventors of America, the NIA, will be at the school. The judges and hosts are inventors from around the world and represent big companies looking for the next great idea. His fingers begin tracing the embossed lettering on the flyer. The only thing that perturbs him is the misspelling of his name on the flyer. It addresses him as Levi M. Rourke. Why can't anyone pronounce my name right? Le-V. Levi Rourke. It's spelled and pronounced exactly like Chevy. Come on, is it that complicated for even these smart guys? Surely a bunch of engineers know about Chevrolet. Dad always told Levy to be patient, and when the time is right, his day will come. He feels the beginning of a real smile coming on. It would be great if things really did come together. Team Roar really needs a win after so many epic defeats. Levy closes his eyes and imagines what tomorrow's meeting might be like. You actually built an engine that runs off the caloric content in soda. The sugar and soda pop? The head judge asked in awe. The sugar and the carbon dioxide, Levy reminded them. The CO2 is the real kick. All the other members of the NIA swarm around his entry. The head judge shakes his head. It looks so small and fragile. He is the judge that strangely resembles Bill Nye the science guy, right down to the red bow tie. Why is that? Levy clears his throat. I tried to create an engine that would use mostly recycled parts. They are inexpensive to replace and highly economical on fuel. The judge raises his eyebrows. It can be part of an electric hybrid or a self-charging power system. The bow tie judge makes a few quick notes on his phone. 
Why did you design such a heavy-duty cage for your engine? He says as he examines his notes. The fizzy drive, correct? Yes, th that's what I call it. Oh, why the cage? Levy waves a hand. It's to protect the engine during the startup. The soda does pack a punch and tends to shake, so I had to make sure it didn't blast into space. The judge's jaws drop. It's a joke, Levy reassures them with a smile. They all look at each other and smile back. That's when the judges all begin talking, like a cage full of excited birds. Their questions come flying at Levy in a frenzied flock. Uh, how did you get the right combination of gases and sugars? Levy holds up a can of soda, taps his finger on his new affixed label, listing the compounds in the can. Did you build this from scratch, or did you modify an existing motor? He opens his journal and shows them the specs of his little machine. Uh, how long does your engine run with this fuel mixture? That I haven't tested yet, Levy makes a note. Can any flavor of soda power the engine? Sure, he holds up his finger, but clear soda is easier on the carburetor. Is the unused fuel still drinkable if you get thirsty? They all fall silent at the last question and gawk at the youngest judge who asked it. What? She pushes back her glasses and looks around at the other judges. It's just... All this talk of soda makes me thirsty. The judges barrage the boy with one question after the other. However, Levy is anticipating even yearning for the numerous questions, all of which he's able to answer with precision and clarity. The noisy group takes furious notes, and they all beam with broad, toothy smiles. This is it, people, the bowtie judge announces. We've found our next great inventor. There's a roar of applause that echoes off the walls. You and your family... Pack your bags, the head judge shakes Levy's hand vigorously. You are going to meet the president. Then the judge whispers in his ear, I hope you're ready for fame and fortune, Mr. Rourke. Levy grins from ear to ear. As the daydream fades, the sound of imaginary applause echoes in Levy's head, making him grin. Then reality shakes him awake. Mom's coming, but Dad isn't going to be here. He's still recovering. Levy slips off his safety glasses and rubs his eye. Dad had to be the hero. He never thought what his sacrifice would mean for the rest of us. Levy can feel the blood throbbing in his ears. Him and his damn heroic moment. He knows how tenuous his control over his rage has become after Dad's accident. The thought of always living one paycheck away from homelessness enrages Levy. He grips the handles of the fizzy drive, turning his knuckles white. Uh, a boy at another lab station looks up from his project. You okay? Sorry I was loud. He notices his hands and painfully releases his two-fisted grip. No problem. Just nervous about tomorrow. Aren't we all? The boy slips on his headphones and turns his shoulder towards Levy. Levy closes his eyes. Dad was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I can't forgive the idiot who did this to him. To us. His musing is broken by a ringtone of an Oingo Boingo song he'd heard his dad play before. The snippet of Weird Science adds to the lab's ambiance. It also breaks up Levy's pity party. That says it all right there. Some people get the idea that new ideas are a little weird for their taste, but without crazy inventors and their new ideas, how would things advance and get better? Levy grins. He finds the owner of the ringtone, a tall girl hanging her solar panel display. She pats her back pocket. Sorry, my dad's calling me, she grins. 
Who makes calls anymore, right? Yeah, right. That reminds Levy to check his phone for a message from Mom. He feels for his cheap cell phone with the chipped screen. It sits like a mute lump in his pocket. Gah! I forgot to charge it again. Get your mind off it, Levy. Get back in the game. Levy glances up at the clock in the science lab. I only have half an hour to get this finished, he mutters, then squints to make sure it really says 2.25 p.m. How did the lab go by so fast? He swears that the huge clock with Galileo's smiling face on it ticked louder just to emphasize the urgency. As in moments of crisis, Grandpa's words of advice echo in Levy's head. Time is not a toy. It's a tool. Use it wisely. Yes, yes, yes. Mom taught him how to use mnemonic devices to improve his memory, and he always uses one to do a double check so he doesn't miss anything. F-P-S-C-C. For plenty of speed, chug, chug. One more rundown, just to be sure. Number one, fuel tank full. Two, pulley system on tight. Three, spark plug clean. Four, crank tight, no knots, pull smooth. Five, carburetor. Check. It's as ready as it's gonna be. He sits back with his folded arms. I am too, I think. He opens his backpack and carefully pulls out a large sealed plastic bag. With an air of great reverence, he opens it, carefully removing his journal. He looks around from side to side. Grandpa said to save your ideas like precious gold nuggets. Levy slides his finger to the next journal page and writes... So today, September 17th, is an exciting and very sad day. I wish Grandpa would have lived to see me invent the fizzy drive. He would be the first to cheer me on when I win. He never got credit for all the things he made, but tomorrow I will. I will do it for the both of us, Grandpa. I am guarding my ideas like you told me to. It's been hard to trust anyone but myself since you died. You said you'd be there to see me become a great inventor. I guess I'm doing this alone. Levy closes his journal and, with a quiet zip, carefully returns it to the secret compartment in his backpack. Levy catches himself excited to see his science teacher, Mr. Quasmic, approaching. Ah, here's the guy who doesn't let difficulties get him down. Mr. Quasmic was born with one side of his face slightly droopy. It creeps out some of the other students, especially the girls. He's not that skinny-looking. Levy watches his teacher reach up and rub his hairy face. I bet that's why he grew that cool beard. Out of sympathy for his favorite teacher, Levy came up with a cool nickname for him. Mr. Guy Quasmic. Mr. GQ. Like the famous men's fashion magazine, Gentleman's Quarterly. How many teachers have a magazine title for a nickname? As if on cue, Mr. GQ walks up to Levy's lab station, clicking his clipboard. You'll be ready, right? I can check off this final assignment. Green light, Levy snaps a salute. Mr. GQ quickly salutes back, but gives him a more concerned look. Is your heart in your throat, Levy? Levy nods his head. He takes a hard swallow. I'm just a little nervous. I can hear it from here. Mr. GQ gives him a knuckle bump. You'll do great. He waves an arm over his chest. Just remember, breathing is good. Mr. GQ pats the lab counter, then leaves to check in with other science contestants. The last bell rings. Levy sits on his stool. 
He breathes in through his nose and watches the science class students exit out one door and the science fair students enter through the other door. He then exhales through his mouth. Within a matter of just 15 minutes, the lab is filled with 25 guys and girls along with their own entourage of parents and fellow student helpers and their unique projects in tow. They represent 20 San Diego school districts. He locates Amanda and Sagan, who are the two other middle school finalists from Bill Gates Charter School, the rest being complete strangers. Sagan waves at Levy. He has a modified mini greenhouse. Sagan's invention can accelerate the growth of tomatoes and lettuce in almost half the time. He gives Levy a wink and mouths, Good luck, Brainiac. Amanda sets up her smoothie machine just two stations over. She casts him a playful scowl. Levy furrows his eyebrows. They share a laugh. Amanda's entry is a functional machine. Her smoothie machine is an original design, plus she can drink what it produces. <laughs> Lucky. She and Levy are in the same category. That places Amanda on Levy's radar as real competition. But really, I don't think we really are going head-to-head, -head, but don't let it get to your head, Levy. You have the worst bad luck, you know. He then takes in his other rivals for the coveted scholarship. To his left was the boy with mold collection. The twin girls who had a display on their own DNA differences and three different kids who all had standard projects that produced some sort of simple chemical reaction when water's added. To his right, he notices nothing more than unimpressive diagrams, cut-out mock-ups, and non-functional displays. Levy's heart pounds. I got this. I'm a shoe-in for the award. I'm going to win. I really am. Maybe my bad luck took a break for a change. Spinning back on his stool, he and the fizzy drive stare at each other for a few moments. Fizz, you got to keep it together. We're, we're not going to have another repeat disaster. He reaches for his old faithful backpack and breaks out a secret stash of materials. Levy finds a small spool of wire to secure the engine to the thick piece of rubberized plastic he had already used to mount the engine. No pressure, but my future is at stake. Levy brings his lips inches away from the fizzy. Remember, buddy, you don't have permission to botch this up like my first two models. I can't have another exploding rain of soda or watch you shake yourself to pieces. In a few minutes, he weaves a tense metal web that holds the engine in place. Six copper bolts are the anchors for the invention. Levy sits back and examines his handiwork. It's not the safest looking thing, but I feel better now that you are behind a cage of sorts. The basketball-sized fizzy drive has the sad look of a wild animal pinned down in a hunter's net. Levy grits his teeth. Failure is not an option. I have put too much blood, sweat, and gears into you. He frowns at the one tiny flaw he had hoped would disappear. He taps the slightly bent bolt head with his wrench. Okay, Levy, I made my rounds, Mr. GQ says as he rubs his hands in anticipation. Now I have time to talk. That breaks Levy from his standoff with the bolt. His teacher pulls up a stool and makes himself comfortable. There are some pretty cool projects out there, Mr. GQ rubs his fuzzy beard, which gives him a very scholarly air. He is every inch of a model science guy to Levy. Mr. GQ sports a white lab coat, a faded green classic Doctor Who t-shirt, jeans, and old sneakers that often squeak on the tile flooring. There is this familiar smell of coffee and old spice that makes Levy feel at home. Mr. GQ and Dad have very similar tastes. 
Yeah, he's got style, like his name suggests. With intense curiosity, Mr. GQ examines the organized collaboration of wire, crude but clean circuitry, and various parts perfectly organized at the boys' station. Wow, you've got me beat, he scratches the back of his neck. What? Mr. GQ makes a wide, sweeping gesture across Levy's organized workspace. Dad used to say, a place for everything and everything in its place. His hand is on his belly while he chuckles at the thought. You should see my office at home. Bad. Mr. GQ straightens his neat lab coat. Mad scientist hoarder bad. Don't let my got-it-all-together attire fool you. With a loving gesture, Levy pats his station. When things are perfectly placed, it helps me focus much better. He eyes a piece of wire that has become uncoiled, but he wraps it around his pointer finger, ties it off, and places it with the other six tiny coils all color-coded. I like the curves of your engine. It really is unique. Me too, crossing his arms. Levy proudly agrees. Form follows function. Hey, uh, someone actually listened to my lecture on that. Yes, I try. So, do you have your little informational spiel for the judges ready? Levy gives him a so-so wag of his hand. Just talk to them. Once you get going, Mr. GQ says as his hands billow large sweeping waves, it will flow out of you. Levy's heart thumps loudly in his ears. I will try. Moving around the workstation, Mr. GQ leans in a little closer to glimpse inside the backpack. Even your backpack is organized and labeled. After a slow zipping sound, Levy waits for the nerd comment to follow. I... I like it, Levy. You won't lose anything for sure. Even my best buddies tease me a little about that. Being a nerd now is very different than when I was growing up. Yeah, but it still isn't easy being different. The idea makes Levy a little fidgety. That's for sure. Thanks. Yeah, easier said than done. Levy begins cleaning the metal shavings from his station. That's what I'm counting on. Using a small brush, he scoops them into a labeled Ziploc bag. Neat as a pin, Levy. Yes, yes, it, it helps me focus. Twirling the end of his thick mustache as Mr. GQ's nervous habit, it seems like everyone has at least one. Your invention is the sweet, fizzy drive. I actually shortened the E from effervescent because of the bubbles and soda, but it's easier just to call it the fizzy drive or the FED. Clever. So it's sweet in more ways than one? Right, right, thanks. This little guy runs on a mixture of sodas? Mr. GQ got surprisingly animated. Not soda water, but, but root beer, cola, stuff like that? Like a teacher, Levy wags a finger at him. Correct, but more specifically on the sugar and carbon dioxide in soda. The caloric content? With swirls and strokes, Mr. GQ continues to play with the ends of his mustache. Right. It, it felt like a good time to practice his pre-rehearsed speech. Soda is cheap. Have you ever noticed how many people never finish a soda? A lot of it gets wasted. The fact becomes strikingly apparent by the number of aluminum cans located on lab stations or left on top of the large recycling receptacle in the back of a large room. Corn has to be refined and turned into sugar. This stuff is already in liquid form and needs less 
fermentation time. Levy follows his announcement with a click of his tongue. So is that why I've seen you recycling cans in the cafeteria? Exactly! My buddies give me a hard time for lugging this around. Levy unzips his backpack in order to extract a rather full water bladder from his dad's old camel bag. Instead of water, it holds a thick, dark liquid. The two-liter bag, filled to capacity, sloshes in his hands. The lid is tight. Before Levy responds, Mr. GQ is already producing a terry cloth towel from his lab coat pocket, ready to clean up any spill. Yes, sir. Good. He deftly whips the towel back into his right coat pocket. You have to be prepared for anything around here. Mr. GQ then stands with two fingers notched in his jeans pockets. Like a scene from the Wild West. Levy grins. He then proceeds ever more cautiously, just in case. A gassy hiss escapes the bladder as Levy unscrews the lid and carefully begins filling up the reservoir in order to top off the engine without spilling a drop. After that is the priming with the three pumps of a soft plastic bubble located on the side. Levy takes one more look at the fizzy before he speaks. I was going to save this for the presentation after school, but... Do you want to see it work? Mr. GQ nods his head. Oh, yeah. He has a hard time standing still like a kid in a candy store with a pocket full of quarters. Oh, yeah. Crank it up, Levy. This is exciting. Uh, Gary? Yeah. Why am I sitting in a hot tub? And holding bowls of cereal? Well, just an idea I had for a commercial for my upcoming book, Chronolosity Fistful of Crontons. Okay, explain. Well, my main character, Levy, invents a water-based time machine and is in a race against time to save his family, hence the hot tub. So it's just the hot tub time machine? It's not the hot tub time machine. All right, all right. Hot tub makes sense, I guess. But what's up with the cereal? Well, when I was writing the book, you guys kept saying crontons sound like a breakfast cereal. <laughs> it does, actually. That's true. So we're eating bowls full of chronotons in the hot tub with two <laughs> That's the power of podcasting, Gary. Nobody can tell we're sitting in a hot tub eating a bowl of cereal. All right, all right. So let's, let's dry up and think of a decent commercial for you. Right. Hey, uh, don't know if you're out there writing a book or have an idea for a book, but I'll tell you what, one of the things I found out with putting together uh, books I've been working on, of course, my friend John Pepe, uh, that an editor is huge. Uh, it's like having a co-author, actually, someone to really invest in your work and really gets you, uh, ask you those tough questions and really get your work ready for, well, maybe you're self-publishing or going to a, um, a traditional publisher. Uh, check out By the Hand Editing. Uh, Angie Martin, you've heard her on our show. She's actually one of our hosts now. Has that uh, online, which you can find on Facebook. Great. Uh, re- we've really enjoyed getting to use uh, their service. And I tell you what, um, we're going to keep coming back because they have really, they're great people. They do a great service and it's a great price. So I would encourage you, if you haven't got a chance to uh, check them out, uh, buy the hand editing. That's Angie Martin. And they have some fantastic deals and prices for you that work with you and be able to help you get that book ready for wherever your journey takes you. So thank you so much for checking them out and tell them Neekology sent you. Thanks for listening to Neekology 101. 
If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, and stay up to date with what's new in the fandom universe. You can find Neekology 101 on Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. We love to hear from our fans, and your input helps make this show possible. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at God Among Geeks, or you can contact us at Neekology101class at gmail.com. We know that you have a lot of fandom choices out there, so thanks for including us in your fandom universe. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest man.